This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. So wonderful to be with you again. And we welcome back Elsa Libba. We had spoken to her last time. And as you know, the topic for this month is helping that enables healing. And Alta's got a very unique story. If you missed it, please make sure that you get it at the podcast. Frederick, will you give us the podcast mm, address? Yes, I will definitely. www.kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into me see and catch up on the program that you perhaps had missed. Yes. Very welcome back to with us, Alta. It's good to have you with us again. Alta was sharing. In, oh, sorry, sorry, Alta. I'm so into it. <laughs> I just want to get going. Um, Alta was very much into telling us about um, Christian rehab, no, rehab centers because part of helping the, the, the addict struggling in your life is often to take that person to a rehab center. But then she had said something very alarming that some of the rehab centers, and there are many of them, and she had a lot of experience. So if you had not listened to that one, please make sure that you get that podcast because she shares a lot more in detail. But I'm just going to do a little recap and then breach in today's program. Um, that even people who give themselves out as Christian centers are sometimes not what they appear to be. And that at some of those centers, drugs are actually being used. So you think you are helping a person by sending them. But if it's not the right kind of person, that's not going to be the help that you want to give to them. So, Alta, if you could continue this time just by telling us um, what are the ingredients that you think a person needs to look out for um, a treatment center that would be helpful to the person struggling with addiction? Thank you, Suki. Yes, I think the first thing that I would advise is to not just go by what you read on the website because they can put up lovely pictures and lovely programs on a website and then the reality is very far from that. Um, I, I would definitely advise to physically go and visit the rehab, speak to the people, speak to the counselors, find out uh, what program they are presenting, whether it is a Christian program. There's a lot of new age programs also being presented under uh, the, the, the name of, of being Christian. Uh, so speak to the, the counselors. Make sure that it's a friendly and a welcoming atmosphere. Um, speak to the, the, the addicts that's in there. If, if, that, if they don't allow you to speak to any of the addicts, then don't, don't go there because then most likely there are things that, that they don't want you to hear. Isn't that that so sometimes they say you're not allowed to have contact with the addict for the first few weeks or so? Or do you think you need to avoid a place like that? Oh, yeah. No, no that, I don't have any problem with that. I think that's a good thing to not have contact with the addict itself for, for the first two or three weeks even. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. But before you take him mm. uh, or her to a rehab, you have to do your homework really properly. Mm. Mm. And what other, th- what other things do you need to look out for in terms of is there work that they can do or, or what are the ingredients yes. of a program that you think yes. that would be beneficial? <laughs> Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's always like make sure it's a balanced program because many of the programs, uh, boredom is a big thing in, in some of the rehab. 
you don't want a person to go in and then to sit around being bored because then that, that's trouble. So boredom is the one thing. On the other hand, you have like almost work camps where they use uh, drug addicts to do their work for them uh, and, and um, there's no real program that uplifts them and builds them up emotionally or spiritually. So look out for that. I would also say, you know, depending on the person, you, you do get different types of rehab. Some are more like institutionalized, and that can work for some people. But um, depending on who you are working with or who the person is that you take into a rehab, make sure that the rehab and the person, you know, that the person will fit into the rehab. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Mm. Mm. Sure. Um, something very positive that I, I might have mentioned it in the previous program is we, um, of, of the, 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 the drug addicts that went through the program actually came back and started uh, presenting uh, workshops and things in the rehab where they were. That, to me, that's a very positive thing. Mm. Mm. And also see how much the community uh, is involved in the rehab. The more community mm. involvement mm. there is, the better it is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I realize, Alta, is that uh, healing doesn't come in isolation. Mm. So the person mm. who is struggling cannot le uh, heal in, 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 in mm. isolation. They need community. And yes. talking about community, I remember there was a time when you and your daughter reached out to a rehab center to do a service there. Can you tell us about that? Because that's also something people could do. Yes, yes, that that, that was, I, I think, um, one of the, the nicest experiences that we've had uh, in different rehabs that we, uh, the first one we did a discovery Bible study, which I think is very good for the for the young men when they got out of the rehab to know at least I have a tool that I can use with my family or with my friends and draw friends and family together around the Bible and read a, a scripture and say, okay, this is what the scripture tells us to do. How are we as a family or how am I as an individual? How are we going to be obedient to this scripture? They found it very helpful to, to learn this method of Bible study so that uh, it gives them a, a feeling of, I can actually make a difference when I go out. Mm. So that was the one program that we presented. And the other one also, and I think that is also extremely important, is for the guys to be able to have fun. Even in our house with, with addicts, we would play games and we would laugh together and we would uh, laugh together and cry together and pray together and so on. So what we did there was a, a social drama type of program where we did a lot of games and uh, short dramas and things like that. And uh, that was also a lot of fun. That's unique, that hey? That's not what everybody would do. But uh, this is a very good um, uh, example, I think, for people. Maybe if you play sports, just go to your community, to your to your local um addiction recovery place and and maybe offer to do something constructive whatever your talents are maybe crafts because i don't yes. think all recovery centers are 
So clued up, you get the more formal ones, the ones that had been running for many years, maybe on state funds, which I don't think they, you know, it's working that well anymore. But um, so they might not have these facilities. And that is also a practical way of helping and coming alongside those struggling with addictions. And I think something else that you mentioned in the previous program, you when you spoke to the homeless person, what you said, you see them. Right. I think often when we see those homeless people begging, we don't want to see them. We look through them. And I think that's part of the struggle that there is between people struggling with addictions and, you know, that they feel cut off. Isn't that part of the issue? Absolutely. Yes. I I don't drive around a lot, but my daughter does. And she literally knows the names of all the beggars. Uh, on the street corners, and she would stop and ask them how they're doing, are they managing to wean down, do they have enough food to eat, uh, are they working on, on on getting into a rehab, how can she help them with that? So, uh, you know, just interact and see them as a person and uh, wow. uh, validate them as a person. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alta. It's so, so important, so important mm. that people are reminded that they are people in a community. Mm. And and I think that oh. is what's so precious for me is that um, at your house, uh, which is also known as Shiloa House, although it's not a rehab center or anything <laughs> like that, um, mm. is, is that you are offering and are you presenting a community mm. in which uh, people that are struggling that uh, you have prayed about and brought into your home are able to experience mm. healing. Mm. And you mentioned mm. some of the activities and some of the things that you do to actually help, that is real help. Mm. Um, what are some of the other things that you put in place so that uh, the the suffering addict is really helped? Mm. Well, I, I think that two of the most important things that, that I know of is obviously the, the spiritual side is to really just draw them in into whatever it is that you're doing, how you do church, how you do Bible studies, uh, your interaction with friends, um, that's very important. And then also uh, the other one is having fun. That's very, very important um, for them to, to just experience the other side of life. Because remember, what also depending on the addict, you, you have different different types of addicts. On the one hand, you have, let's, let's call them the yuppie addicts. They grew up in rich homes. Um, they've got a lot of money. Uh, they they do drugs because it's the sociable, acceptable thing, and they get hooked. Now, their path of rehabilitation, I think, looks completely different to the path of the other guys that, that are on the streets. Many of them are orphans. Many of them grew up in very, very uh, bad circumstances, and they turned to drugs sort of as a comfort. Mm. So their path looks different from the path of, of the other guys mm. who, who start using, you know, they do expensive drugs like cocaine and things like that. Most of the guys that we work with uh, end up uh, being hooked on heroin. Mm. 
There's something, Alta, uh, uh, there's something I'd like to get back to just after mm. our break. We're going to take a short break. And I'd like to yes. talk a little bit more about the spiritual uh, journey that that you are, are going. So just mm. for a short break, and we'll be back soon. Thank you, listeners. Mm. Um, welcome back, listeners, and uh, also to wonderful to have Alta with us and to continue to share with us. Alta, you were talking about the two different type of uh, in your in the case that you are working with uh, drug addicts, um, even but, not formally though, yeah, just as yeah, an individual, yeah, the, yeah. the people that you came in contact with, right? Mm, mm. And uh, you said something very yeah. important to me, and that is that um, you journey a spiritual journey. And uh, it was interesting. It was not a spirituality that you enforced, or uh, mm. but it was more a displayed spirituality. Um, so, mm. what is what did that look like for you in your home, um, and how did you display that that spirituality, and what difference did it could you see making it in the life of the addict? Mm. Sure. Yes, <laughs> that's an interesting question because, you know, you live your life as a Christian and uh, um, you pray that whatever you do is good enough to rub off on other people and that they would try to do, uh, that they would imitate. want to have what you have. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's not, not just imitation, it's that, that they would want to have what you have. It's and true. that, of course, is only through Jesus and it's nothing that... That, that we do from and out of ourselves. So it is just Jesus in us that, that we pray that they would see Jesus in us and that mm. they would desire to follow him um, in, in a way that can also become visible to others. Um, I, I will just share one story. I, want, I went to a shop one day with one of the addicts and the people undercharged me or something like that. I can't really remember. And on my way out, I realized that. And I said, no, we've got to go back. And, and I have to tell them. And he said, no, don't go. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. <laughs> I said, no, we can't do that. We have to go back and exchange it. And when we went back into the shop, he was like shouting in the shop. He said, yeah, this is my mom. She's so honest. She's returning this or whatever this story was. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a funny. I felt quite embarrassed, but I mean that—that's just the way. Let them see the way you live. Let mm. them see the way you mm. interact. Love them, forgive them, speak to them. Have your friends over to interact with them. Um, the, the the guys currently staying with us uh, have so much respect and love for my friends just because right from the start we didn't lie we said this is the problem he's addicted to this or to that um, and but, but this is the person meet him as a person hmm. and he can he loves coming to visit with my friends when they yeah he would always come and visit with them and uh, talk with them and laugh with them and you know we pray together we often very often pray with for him, with him, and so on. And I think that's just, that's the way it should be. Mm. Mm. I see very clearly, Alta, that there's a change 
in their relationships. And, you know, in our program, we talk about the reality, restoration and redemption in the face of addiction. So I I hear there have been a number of changes in uh, the people or the the guy that is staying with you in his relationships. What have you observed in his intimacy with God, others and with himself? Yeah, there's there's been huge changes. I think, Mm. you know, when I think back of the time when he got here, it was really just lies and deceit and there was no trust at all. He didn't trust anybody. Um, Nobody trusted him for that matter. Um, And just the way he would would act... you know, I'm just thinking of one time that I had a birthday coming and I bought three chocolate cakes and I would wake up the next morning and half of the one chocolate cake was gone. <laughs> he would just <laughs> eat everything and anything that sweet that he could lay his hands on. Mm. Um, uh, and it was quite hectic. But, but now he's much more aware of his own emotions, of his own responsibilities, of what he needs to do, uh, also to, to to bring about his own um, rehabilitation and restoration. And he's actually taking steps. He's watching videos on his own about issues that he's struggling with. Um, so he's really taking action. He's recently started going to the gym. Um, mm. And he's, he's on his way to another rehab, um, hopefully within the next two weeks or so. But in the meantime, he's going to the gym and he's watching videos and he's really working, being helpful in and around the house and so on. Mm. So there's definitely a big change. I also remember that uh, he had a little business before selling selling mm. products on the street um, and that's all part, actually, of rehabilitation because it was a discipline. Yeah, to get up every morning to bake it and to get it ready. It's all part yeah. of commitment and of working on responsibility and and all part of that. And also, we just need to tell the listeners that this person has not been in full-blown addiction while he's been with Alta. Um, he's been weaning off gradually and gradually, and they've been going for tests and seeing whether he's using. And, and maybe you can share a little bit about that and also something of the medication that he was using or, or, or maybe just something about that. Mm. Yes, okay. What In the, one of the previous programs, I said that it's so important to be open and honest. And uh, he would tell me, okay, or I would ask him and I would say, okay, so how are you doing? How many are you using at the moment? And he would give me an answer. So at the moment, he's not using any drugs anymore, but he's still using methadone. And now methadone is something that they give the guys to sort of replace the craving for the for the heroin. So they would use methadone uh, in, in controlled doses to, to wean, and then they need to wean off from the methadone. Otherwise, they get addicted to the methadone as well. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to wean off methadone than to wean off heroin. So uh, he's using methadone at the moment, and I'm not exactly sure what dosage he's but, on, but, but it's a but very, also, very low dosage at the moment. Yeah, but also much less than before. So it's part of of this whole yes. uh, recovery story. Um, Alta, we need yes. to wrap up the program, but I just want you to mention quickly, I know you also have 
part of the fun, just also something that people could do. Fun evenings at your home where you invite people from your school and your community to come and display yes. their talents. Tell us something about that. Okay, just, uh, I, I will. Yes, because as you've noticed, fun is important to me. So mm. what I do is um, we call it a maximum talent evening. Uh, we have that like maybe once every second month or so. And I invite kids from my school and people from the community. And then there's a specific uh, care center in Tembisa that I'm also involved with, uh, where there's a lot of kids that are orphans or from child-run households and so on. And we work with a care center where they, it's a safe place in, in Tembisa. So we work with them and then the, they would send about eight kids uh, at a time and they would just come and and sing a song or do a dance or uh, perform a, a poem or something like that. And it's just, there's no competition. It's just having fun and uh, interacting, bringing communities together and mm. so on. Which uh, I th- just a healthy way of having fun. Which I think is so important. It's a replacement of what they thought was fun, right? Going to parties mm-hmm. and using drugs. And now yes. replacing that with healthy community, healthy fun mm-hmm. in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. all part of helping adult, uh, helping people to heal. Um, it's such a beautiful mm-hmm. story. In that, I can also hear that... It's a messy process. Mm. And I think that's why many people wouldn't do this and even um, criticized you for doing this. But why do you do this, Elta? Why, wh- what, what caused you to do this? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a good question. You know what, Siki? It can only be the Lord. I don't think I would have... Uh, I mean, working with an addict. That's that's definitely just the Lord. I would not have chosen that for myself. Mm. Definitely not. Um, But the the fun evenings, I I also do that because I I want young people to see that they can fill their lives with good and healthy things. Mm. Uh, Because so many of them, they really don't have... I often speak to my kids at school, and I'm at a Christian school, and it it is horrendous to to find out how empty their lives are. It is Mm. really... There's no spiritual or emotional... um, uh, What's that word? Um, Foundation Mm. at Mm. all. And and they they are really they feel empty, and they need to fill that emptiness with something. And instead of just coming to them with okay, but you know, accept Jesus and the gap will be filled. Uh, you bring them something that they will enjoy, and through that, you minister to them. We we have conversations. The last one we had, we we asked them to write down. What are your life questions that you want answered? And the following day, we were able to address some of those questions because some of the kids sleep over over the weekend. And we did and a social uh, drama, that, right, where they could play that a out. Drama with Tiki, which they enjoyed <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> and that afternoon, seven of the kids uh, were willing to give their lives to Jesus. So, mm. you know, it's a way of interacting, building relationships, helping them find ways to fill those gaps and, and just have some a, a meaningful time with other people. Mm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Thank you so much for sharing, Alta. And unfortunately, uh, we could talk more, but we need to come to an end now with with our conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just really see how help can be enabling healing when it's done from uh, an authentic place and it's done from Christ, a place that is Christ-centered and filled with prayer. So thank you Aww. very, very much for sharing with us, Alta. And uh, listeners, if you perhaps tuned in a little bit late with for this broadcast, you're very welcome and invited to go and download the podcast at www.kpulpit.co.za and the podcasts and then uh, Into Me See. And send it along to friends if you know of somebody that can benefit from uh, Alta's story. Thank you very much, and uh, we see you again next month and next week. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.